Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the eating disorder recovery podcast. I'm your host, Keandra, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here with me today. So this podcast is all about embracing the journey of recovering from an eating disorder and whether you're just starting your recovery path or you've been on it for a while, this space is for you. I'm here to provide a safe and supportive environment where we can learn together, share stories together and connect with others who are on a similar journey of healing and growth. So throughout this podcast, if you've listened before, you'll know this, but if you're not, if you're new here, um, we'll delve into a wide range of topics related to eating disorder recovery, including coping mechanisms, self-care practices, techniques for managing triggers, and so, so much more. I also have many guests on the podcast who have maybe successfully overcome their own eating disorder or are working within the field. And these stories hopefully will inspire you and remind you that you're not alone on this recovery journey. So whether you're a long-time listener or a brand new guest, I want to extend my warmest welcome to you. And together we'll navigate the challenges, celebrate the victories and embrace the journey I suppose of recovering to flourish, what this podcast is all about. So thank you for joining me today. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode and stay strong, stay courageous. And remember, you are not alone. So let's recover to flourish together. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about digestive issues in eating disorders. Now, I always say eating disorder recovery is a gassy process, and I mean that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but digestive issues are one of the more common side effects of an eating disorder. Regardless of the type of eating disorder, body weight, or size, gut health plays a significant role, and people can experience digestive issues through engaging in any disordered eating and compensatory behaviors. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about, I suppose, the the science behind it. Studies do show that individuals with anorexia nervosa, I'm saying this specifically, but it affects all eating disorders. Remember, this is uh, not just, uh, it doesn't just affect one type of eating disorder. Digestive issues affect all types of eating disorders. But for the purpose of this study, it was with individuals with anorexia nervosa. And more than 95% of them will experience so GI complaints. So if you don't know what GI stands for, it's gastrointestinal complaints. Wow, that's a big word. I was scared that I wouldn't be able to say that then. Um, I'm impressed. <laughs> um, so why actually do these digestive issues occur? You know, what actually are they? See, the thing is, our gut and our brain is very, very strongly linked. But also we've got to remember that, you know, when you've been, you know, affected or affecting your internal system through not eating, through compensatory behaviors, it is going to affect your your digestion. Now, one of the first thing um, to note is digestive issues in eating disorders can be related to pre-existing GI conditions, such as IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, or IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. And so engaging in disordered behaviors such as, you know, purging or laxative abuse 
can also further contribute to these issues. Also, what we've got to know is when we're not eating enough and go through malnutrition or weight loss or a combination of the both or just malnutrition, you know, it can impact gut health. You know, gut health issues are functional in nature, meaning that the process of digestion is negatively impacted due to starvation. What we've got to remember, like anything, you know, in a state of starvation, the body's priority is survival and normal digestion takes a backseat. You know, what we've got to remember is, you know, it's not just we, we've sp- spoken about periods a little bit, you know, if, if that is an issue for you, sometimes they can take a backseat and you don't get periods whilst in, um, in your recovery. But it's the same with other, other functions. You'll find that wounds don't heal very well, that your hair is brittle, that your nails are thin because, you know, your body is in a state of survival and it, all it wants to do is protect your vital organs, to keep your heart pumping, to keep your brain active. And we've got to remember that even if we laid down all day, and I mean it, we didn't move an inch, we'd still need a significant amount of food. And, you know, when we hear on social media or the media that, you know, to lose weight, it's 1,200 calories. Well, number one, that's BS. And I'm not going to swear on here because I don't normally swear on here, but it is. It is absolute, you know, nonsense because majority of people's BMR, which is our basal metabolic rate, is significantly higher than 1,200 calories. And therefore, if we go below that, we're in a state of starvation. So, the body sources fuel from other places like breaking down muscles for energy and consequently the GI or gastrointestinal tract becomes so unused due to like not having enough fuel in there. So that leads to weakened muscles in the stomach and intestines. Also, you know, we've got to remember that because there'll be less fuel in there, the stomach will shrink. And therefore, when you go through the process of recovery, you know, there won't be as as much capacity to allow fuel through or food through, which means, you know, you have delayed gastric emptying. Also, fewer enzymes and hormones required for digestion um, are produced during starvation mode, which further impacts the digestive process. You know, it's not just it is not just uh, food that impacts our, I suppose, mood and gives us energy. It also impacts every function and cell within our body. We need enough fuel to just be a, you know, a functioning, working human. And hormones and enzymes aren't just used to regulate mood or periods or, you know, any such, you know, sex drive. It's not just for that. It's also about regulating our body's natural functions. Also, in addition, compensatory behaviors like vomiting and laxative misuse are normally common in in bulimia and, you know, other eating disorders that, you know, include laxative abuse and and vomiting can interfere with the normal GI, GI functioning. And this may slow down digestion, causing loss of muscle tone within the stomach, bloating, gas, abdominal pain, 
And laxative abuse can even lead to severe side effects like blood or mucus in the stool, incontinence, and in worst cases, paralysis of the intestine, increasing your risk of colon cancer. Um, a couple of my clients, so if you're not aware already, if you're not a long-term listener, I am um, an eating disorder recovery coach. So I coach over at Flourish with Kiandra. I will also leave the details down below if you're interested. But I've seen an increasing number of clients actually struggling um, with uh, Crohn's disease that's come on during or after their eating disorder. And again, I don't know if the two are interlinked, but I find it interesting that, you know, that's come on later when, you know, the eating disorder has got really bad, you know, the, the, the body just starts to shut down. So, you know, I've explained a little bit about maybe why there are digestive issues. Um, and take it from me, it's, you know, I would say that for myself, my digestion is my trigger. So when I'm stressed, my digestion plays up and it's very, very common for a lot of us. It's not just in recovery that we experience digestive issues, but it is, it is more prevalent, you know, during, during the recovery process. But what are some of the issues experienced by those in eating sort of recovery? So gut health issues include gastroparesis. So that again is the slow stomach emptying. So I get a lot of clients and you might know for yourself saying, you know, they feel easily full, you know, feeling very, very full quickly during the early stages of, you know, nutritional rehabilitation, which a lot of the time may tempt you to avoid, you know, eating under a maybe a prescriptive meal plan or, you know, skipping meals or really feeling a lot of anxiety because of that, you know, feeling, you know, full really quickly. But that is because, you know, that's slow stomach emptying. Um, and I want to mention here that avoiding food or avoiding your meal plan or your meals that you're on will only worsen the symptoms, ironic, really. Um, so, because the gut will remain undernourished. So in the beginning, you know, your meals are going to be prescriptive. You know, if you're starting recovery, it's going to feel like eating around a clock rather than solely relying on those hunger and fullness cues, which will come later on when you have nourished the gut, nourished every cell in your body and get got to a plage, place of, of nutritional rehabilitation. So as much as there's just, you know, we've spoken about slow stomach emptying, there's also bloating. Again, bloating is an interesting one because bloating is very normal. Um, we bloat after meals, especially if you've had a large one or at the time of the month or, you know, bloating is a normal thing that humans experience. However, I'd say it's quite exaggerated during recovery just because there is obviously the slow gastric emptying and there's just more food within the gut that was not there before and it doesn't really know how to cope also there's again the the tummy sticky outy that's what i call it you know not necessarily the technical term but abdominal distension that's what it's called but it your stomach sticks out because you know you've got more, more food in there it's kind of like that bloating is putting a lot of pressure on the stomach um so you know it feels like it's it's really really full or distended also you can have you know um yo-yoing back from constipation and then diarrhea so again the body doesn't know what to do with all the foods so you can go through periods of not eat not being able to go to the toilet um and that's quite common during anorexia because number one you don't actually have the 
the stool matter there, um, the fiber, all of the things that make stool. You've got to have food to produce stools. And I think a lot of times people are like, why am I not going to the toilet? It's like, are you eating enough to go to the toilet? And this is just so you're aware of how many times we should go to the toilet, a minimum of three times a week, up to a maximum of two times a day. So anywhere within that that range is completely normal. But if you're experiencing constipation or diarrhea, that might be due to, you know, eating sort of recovery. Again, gassiness and fluctuance. So, oh my gosh, recovery farts are a thing. I feel sorry for anyone who has to live with us during the time of recovery. My gosh, I, you know, bad time. And you probably are listening to this laughing because it's true. And maybe it's just me. Maybe that was just my experience. But again, your body is producing all these different gases. Your enzymes are going. Your gut is like just a little bit unhappy for the time being. So that might go on for a while. Um, It might go on for a long while, you know, and also some foods might trigger it worse than others. I find that if you have high uh, fruit and veg uh, content during in your diet, during recovery, it really... It really messes up your gut a little bit more. So it's being aware that trying not to have foods that trigger it. But again, I'll be going on to the tips a little bit later in this episode. Um, More things include, you know, tummy pain, nausea, again, early fullness, and IBS type symptoms, um, which again, are all somewhat related to your anxiety as well. I want you to remember that digestive issues are normal during recovery, but nutritional rehabilitation is key. So, you know, if you're using compensatory behaviors, if you're under eating, we need to focus on that in it because otherwise there ain't, I was going to say, there ain't going to be a pill that's going to solve it. There isn't. You know, it is about giving your body what it needs, giving it the rest to heal. And as your body heals, majority of the time for most people that GI discomfort will likely improve. So, you know, I always want to give you practical advice in the podcast. So I'm going to give you some tips of how, how to ease the discomfort after a meal, because it's not nice. You know, it might make recovery really hard, but there is things that can make it a little bit better. Number one, is wear loose-fitting clothing during and after meals. So I know for myself, even now, you know, I, if if I'm going out for like an Italian or I'm going out for a meal that I know is going to make me a little bit more bloated, I'm slightly sensitive to certain things, that I'll, if I'm wearing jeans, I'll unbutton them before I even start the meal because I know I'll get bloated or I'll just wear something loose. I know I a lot of people live in tracksuits or sweatpants and jumpers, but you know a lot of it is about celebrating your body. But also feel comfortable. We don't need to be challenging ourselves to wear you know the tight dress every day. When you're really going through the early stages of recovery, it's about feeling comfortable in what in what you're wearing. So wear a looser fitting clothing, especially around your stomach, just to make you feel a bit more easy you know, during and after meals. And just remembering some level of bloating is so, so normal after meals. You know, if I was to take a picture of myself from, you know, the time that I wake up to the time that I go to bed, you'll see significant changes. You know, my stomach will go up and down and up and down because 
it has food in it. It's going to blow. It's normal. You know, our bodies are meant to evolve, change, and, you know, moved throughout the day. And again, that's like weight where our bodies are not designed to just be somewhat stable. And number three, um, I've not numbered the other ones, but that was one and two. Number three is use a hot water bottle or sip some herbal tea. I find peppermint or ginger is great um, after a meal because number one, you don't really want to be drinking a lot of fluid beforehand because it can fill your stomach up. Now, you know, if you struggle with excessive um, water drinking usage um, during, you know, during your eating disorder, you know, it might be hard to be lowering your water content, but it's going to fill you up a lot during during your your meals. So try not to drink a lot before meals, but after, if you feel um, able to, sip some herbal tea. So you know, digestive qualities in peppermint and ginger, and use a hot water bottle. So put something nice on your stomach. You know, feel that warmth, and it. You know, for anything like period pains, hot water bottles are key. You can even get things like um, I've forgotten the name of them, but they're like long, long bags. <laughs> Sounds bizarre, but um, I will leave the link in the show notes because I can't think of it right now. But it is like a, it's like a a tube hot water bottle that you can wrap around you, and it's so nice, and you can just like straddle it. Um, again, this links to number four, hug a pillow or a blanket. So, you know, a weighted blanket, make yourself feel, make yourself feel calm. I don't know about, you know, you, but in my recovery process, I felt like I was really hot all the time going from being really cold to being really hot. So blankets weren't really a thing for me. I got too sweaty. However, pillows were nice. Um, so that might be the case for you. Number five, distract yourself with a puzzle, um, call a friend, knit, crochet, watch a movie, or engage in a enjoyable activity. Please stay clear from social media, which is going to trigger you. So no food content, no fitness content or body content and dieting content that's going to make you feel bad about yourself because it'll only exacerbate things further. So do something positive, a positive distraction play on your uh, Nintendo, Xbox, do something that, you know, distraction is key in a positive way, but try not to use a compensatory behavior like, you know, walking um, and, or even any form of exercise just because it will exacerbate, you know, those, those feelings and really try, you know, your eating disorder is going to pipe up. So try and keep things to a minimum. Um, Number six, talk to someone. So really openly express how you feel and the discomfort you're, you're feeling. You know, sometimes that having that rational voice from someone else can counter the eating disorder's loud voice. You know, having that, that reframe can be really helpful. Open up to somebody that you trust. You know, if you've got somebody that you trust, you know, not everyone has that person, but if you do really, really I really would recommend to talk to them because talking is a really helpful part of recovery journey. If you don't have a therapist or a coach, you know, please lean on your support system if possible. Number seven, and this is a, a one that a lot of people like to go and nap after a meal, but I would avoid lying flat for at least 30 minutes to an hour because we've got to think about gravity. If we're sitting upright, 
or, you know, just letting gravity do its thing. It helps things move along and it sounds weird, but it's true. It's like the food will be going down the digestive tract. If we're lying flat straight after a meal, it can, it can stagnate things and make you feel a bit bloated. Number eight, sip fluids in between meals. Like I said before, rather than filling up on too many during meals, that can just worsen things. Number nine, and practice your breathing techniques or meditation. So box breathing's great, um, or even like a five-minute mindfulness meditation, even a five-minute walking meditation um, if exercise is allowed for you. You know, five-minute walk around the house doing a walking meditation is great. Just Google walking meditation. They're really, really good. It's about focusing on the present, focusing on your body, and allowing your mind to rest. Because again, the mind and body is so so closely linked that we need to keep our stress levels low. When our cortisol raises, um, our digestion gets worse. And lastly, a bonus tip number 10 is it's, it's, it, it, might, it might make you laugh, but oftentimes if I'm really bloated or gassy, I put, I go in child's pose and I stick my bum in the air and I let the air out. Now I wouldn't do this around people because it's kind of embarrassing. But honestly, it was a game changer for me. I don't know who told me this, but if I'm ever bloated, I'll just stick my bum in the air, let all the air out, and then I feel a lot better. And I've told a lot of people this technique, not just people who are recovering from eating disorders, but they they do it. So it does work. So they are my 10 tips. And I had one bonus tip for you, which you can do or not, depends how confident you are. Um, but it really is remembering that healing takes time and everyone's journey is unique. So alongside, you know, your proper nourishment, like ask, you know, your doctor or physician or a dietitian um, to recommend other things that might ease some of the discomfort or constipation, you know, any supplements that they can help you with. Obviously don't rely on supplements because supplements are just, they're not going to do the work if you're not feeling yourself properly. You know, be patient with yourself, you know, seek that professional medical advice. If you do have any concerns about your digestion, I'm going to leave the link down below for my coaching. And actually, I need to let you in to a really exciting piece of news. I am starting my group program, Food, Freedom and Flourish, which is a 10-week group program which helps you on your journey to eating sort of recovery. Applications are open now. They'll close on August the 20th. It's going to be super exclusive. There's going to be 10 spots available. They are filling fast. So I'm going to leave those details down below so you can get... Um, you know, all the details to that, but that might also help you along your own eating sort of recovery journey and recovering your gut because food is fuel and we'll learn all about it as a community. You'll feel supported in the journey. So that's just a little, a little plug there because, um, that is a really exciting thing that's going on within my coaching. But again, you know, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode you know, as we continue this journey together, remember this one thing that healing is possible. And with time, your gut health will improve. But you've got to stay strong, you've got to stay on plan, and always, always, always prioritize your recovery. Be kind to yourself and just know that you're going to get there. Now, if you really like this episode, please make sure to leave a review. You help me do what I do every week. This is a not for product 
profit podcast. I do this from the love of my heart and sharing as much recovery information as possible. So if you could leave a review, you help me do what I do every day. So thank you so much again. And I will see you in the next episode of Recover to Flourish, the eating disorder recovery podcast. Bye.